Well, good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Monday Night CDTV with me, your host, Bishop Kaidua. It's good to be back with you. So good to have you on wherever you're watching. We are broadcasting live on Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube. Miss Anna, good to have you on. I pray that you're well. Uh, Brother Declan, good to have you on. So thankful that we got to speak in the last few days, even if it was via uh, Facebook Messenger, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad. Do me a favor, tell two people Bishop Dewar is live, and so that I can see who's watching and where you're watching from, please leave me a comment so I know who you are, where you are, and I'll give you a shout out. I'm so thankful that we have people watching around the world every week. This has been a phenomenal weekend. I trust that you've all had a good time since we were together on Wednesday night. I had a message earlier on from a, a, a dear brother in Christ, Minister Joshua Lofton, who is a part of Bishop Adrian Serrano's church. Uh, brother Robert, good to have you on, sir. I trust you, that you're well. And he, uh, anyway, Minister Joshua was so excited that we're now broadcasting twice a week. <laughs> so I'm glad somebody was. And after several weeks of struggling and goodness knows what, I am pleased to show you that camera number two is finally working. Praise God. It's been a real struggle to get you on, but you're on. And uh, I'm so thankful. So do me a favor, just as we get going, and uh, we're going to open with a word of prayer in a minute. Uh, just share this on your, your Facebook, your Periscope, YouTube, wherever you're watching. Hit me up, say hi, let me know where you're watching so I can give you a quick shout out. And tell two people, Bishop Dewar is live, this is going to be powerful. And I miss Cheryl, so good to have you on. I'm so blessed that you're on. <laughs> you know, Brother Declan, I have been trying for weeks. Oh, Miss Laura, how wonderful to see you, ma'am. I trust that you're well. So good to have you on from Dallas, Texas. What a blessing that is. What a real blessing. Um, for weeks, we, we've had the new cameras and equipment for weeks. And every time I've tried to make it work, uh, something's happened. But uh, I've managed to get a temporary fix. Now, we, we know the permanent fix, and I've now been informed it's not going to be cheap. But I'm not worrying about that right now. We're going for a temporary fix. Pastor Tim, good to have you watching in Dallas. I trust you well, sir. Been praying for you a lot lately. And uh, I'll reach out to you after the broadcast. Really feel that uh, God is about to shift your season around and actually take you in a different direction to the one that you've been walking in and, and do some different things with you. Uh, I've been praying about some of the ideas you've shared with me the last few days. Um, I think there's a way forward for one of those. But as I said, we managed to get this beauty finally working, got a temporary fix. And uh, it's not really where I want it to be, but uh, hey, it does for now. It's taken me a, the better part of two months to get this going. And um, I have to buy some extra cables to keep the temporary fix semi-permanent, but uh, we'll get there. But, and we are so thankful to every single one of you that sewed into this media project that helped us get to this, to be able to do this kind of stuff and and just be able to broadcast in a much better quality for each one of you. I'm really, really blessed. Tonight is going to be good because, as if you saw my social media posts, I was talking about living from uh, 
we have a tendency to live from blessing to blessing. And God's not, uh, God's plan and purpose for your life is not just to live blessing to blessing. It's not to live from one season to the next. And we've had a lot of teaching in the church for a long time now about 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 living from your harvest to from this harvest to the next harvest from from this season of blessing to the next season of blessing but there's no guarantee of when that season is about to come when that next blessing is about to happen when your next harvest is due so we have to understand God's purpose for each one of us is not to live blessing to blessing is not to live season to season it's not to live harvest to harvest it is to live in a perpetual state let me say that again it is to live in a perpetual state i forgot to pray um uh i i, I forgive me pastor tim thank you so much for that encouragement we are trying to take it higher and higher uh we've got two cameras now next step is a bigger space the permanent solution to make the cameras work and we'll put another two cameras in and uh, my goal is to get a, a slightly bigger space than where we are right now so that we can create uh, one or two different sets for us to broadcast from um, because I now have the privilege of broadcasting directly to Love World and other television networks around the world. So we do it from here, praise God, during the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. So we, yeah, Pastor Tim, this is it. So we have to develop this, going back to what I was saying, stop living from blessing to blessing. And the problem is that when we, we, when we don't, as Pastor Tim says, have this perpetual harvest mentality, or when we have the perpetual harvest mentality, we, we get discouraged and we get downheartened in the moments between this season and, and that season. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, I appreciate that. So we, we've got to stop looking at living here, going through this, and then living here. Because it's like a, a sound wave, you know? You, you have a, a peak, then there's a dip, and then there's another peak. And God, God's plan for prosperity in the life of all of us as believers is not this wave form that we currently experience. It's to raise yourself to a higher level of prosperity and i'm not just talking about finances let me make this very very clear prosperity according to the scriptures is far more than money the bible says i pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers so to prosper is not just to excel financially the, the word prosper literally means to make a good journey towards. In other words, every single part of your being, of your body, of your person, of your life must be prospering, must be making a good journey towards whatever it is God is journeying you towards. Now, I was talking to somebody today and I said this, the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So you don't get a little prosperity and it makes the whole of your, your body your life prosperous see uh um you've you've got to um my mind just went completely blank then pastor terry good to have you on miss faith good to have you on uh so you ca you cannot just shift from this 
moment of blessing to what am I going to do in the endurance part? What am I going to do between the seasons? Because most of us do this, okay? And I've been guilty of this, so I can speak from experience. We have a bit of blessing, and then we squander it all, or we blow it all, and then we've got nothing in the, the lengthy season between that and the next blessing. So the church has now become a spiritual welfare system, so to speak, of consistently feeding us with this belief that if I don't do anything other than wait on God, then, and I keep sowing in expectation that I'm going to get my next harvest. Now, I'm not anti-sowing, I'm not anti-prosperity, I'm not anti-seed time and harvest. All of those things I believe, but the Bible teaches us that we must rightly divide the word of truth. Therefore, we must employ the principles and the laws of God within the scripture in the right way so as to understand what the Bible is actually teaching us about prospering. As I was saying, I told a friend of mine earlier on today, if I have an infection in my finger, it doesn't stay in my finger because my blood supply runs through my finger throughout the whole of my body. So a tiny little infection here can make the entire of my body toxic. Yet, if I get a tingling in the end of my finger, a, sen a good sensation, then that doesn't spread to the rest of my body. It just stays there. Why? Because only the nerves in my, the end of my finger are affected by it. So when we think of the body of Christ, the church, like God's nervous system in the world, when it's infected with wrong, the whole system is infected. But when a little good happens, it doesn't work its way through the whole body. So the Bible says, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, talking about the whole body, both of your life and the body of the church, prospering. It is not, now get this, get this, get this what I'm talking about. This is not just financial. The whole of the body must prosper. In other words, the whole of your life must prosper. It's no good you be excelling financially and dealing with terminal illness or dealing with, with horrendous infections in your physical body because then your body is not, I pray, as the scripture says, I pray that you prosper and be in health. So prosperity of the body includes being in health. So every part of me has to prosper. In other words, every part of my life has to be making a good journey towards, which means every part of the body of Christ must be prospering for the body of Christ to prosper. Let me say that again so you get it. Every part of the body of Christ must prosper for the body of Christ to be categorized as prospering. It is not about a select few doing exceptionally well and the rest struggling, the rest really having a hard time getting by. That is not the kingdom methodology of prosperity. The kingdom's methodology of prosperity is that every single believer prospers, but we have to understand that not all of us are created to prosper at the same level. 
Let me say that again. Every single one of us in the kingdom is created to prosper, but not every single one of us has been destined to prosper at the same level. What would it matter if you are not destined to be a multimillionaire or a billionaire or a multi-billionaire if the whole of your life prospers and you do the part you are created to play, you are assigned to fulfill within the kingdom of God. So when we see God prospering our lives, when we see our lives getting better, when we see our lives raising up a level, we can very easily slip out of the kingdom methodology of prosperity and into egotistical prosperity when we desire to prosper on a level like somebody else is prospering when we have not been created or assigned to perform what they have been created and assigned to perform to do what they've been created and assigned to do in the kingdom. See, you might be called to, to reach the nations. I'm blessed. I think I, I, my last count, it's been to 53 different countries in, in the 29 years that I've been preaching. But your calling may not be that. What if your calling is to minister in a local church to lo your local community? What if your calling is to, to win souls in small outreach and you aim for the bigger things that you're not created and, and, and chosen by God to do and you try to operate at building that level of, let me say, building that level of prosperity in your life, when your performance of the assignment God has created you to fulfill in the earth doesn't need that. And suddenly, whereas you were once in the kingdom, you're now into ego. Not every single preacher is called to be, let's say, a T.D. Jakes, a, 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 a Billy Graham, a people like these. Blessings to you, my friends. Pastor Kingsley, good to have you on. Miss Cassie, so good to have you on. Not every single one of us. Mally, hope you guys are all right. And uh, praying for you with Tatty and, and uh, hope she's better. But not every single one of us is called to function and perform at that level of prosperity. But you are not supposed to perform at the level you are at. Because the level you're currently at is not, is not, is not sufficient for where you are. Let me say that again. The current level you are at is not sufficient for where you are. Because God always desires more of us. But you have to remember that, whereas I might have been to 53 countries, that may not be your calling. That may not be your purpose. So you wouldn't need to raise money like I've had to raise money to travel to all those countries. You wouldn't need to raise money to do the things that I've done. You wouldn't need the income that we've, that we've had throughout the years. Why? Because that's not your assignment. So understand that every single one of us is chosen by God and every single one of us is, is, living in the performance of God's desire to prosper you in every single aspect and area of your life. 
but it may not be at the same level as the person standing next to you, as the person sitting opposite you, as the person that you emulate. And it, my purpose in the kingdom may not be the same as that of my spiritual father. So if that's not the case, I must learn that I don't need to prosper at the level that he's prospered. Now here's the problem with, with prospering in every area of your life, not just the financial side of things doing well in every single area of your life. Here's the problem. Because we don't take the time to discover the assignment God has for our life, because we don't take the time to discover God's purpose for our life, we don't know the level at which God chooses us to prosper. Let me say that again. Because we do not discover God's assignment for our life, because we do not discover God's purpose for our life, we do not discover the level that God chooses for us to prosper. See, your, your level of prosperity may not be feeding 100,000 orphans around the world. It may just be feeding the homeless in your town. It may just be baking cakes and, and giving gifts to your neighbors. It may just be being a blessing to your family. See, let me, let me, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. So, let me give you an example of, of what I'm, I'm talking about, okay? Because this is where God got me on it. For years, not four years, but for years, I used to have a picture of a Bombardier Challenger 605 on the wall above my desk because I believed in faith that to do the things that I believe God has called me to do, that was a vessel that would come into my life and ministry for that purpose. And then one day, not too long ago, less than 12 months ago, the Holy Spirit said to me, Son, what if my desire for you to go around the world was not in person? I said, Holy Spirit, what do you mean? He said, what if my desire for you to go around the world was not to do it in person? What if my desire for your voice to go around the world was only for you to be on international television. I said, then I wouldn't need to raise millions of dollars to buy and operate a jet, would I? And he said, no, son, you wouldn't. What you would need is hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, for example, to pay for airtime around the world. So I wouldn't need the jet. See, I would only need that in my life, in my ministry, if there was a specific need for it. As in, I had to be in so many different places in such a short space of time that to fly commercially was completely preventing me from fulfilling the time schedule, my, my daily and weekly schedule, and my commitments. But... If my commitment was, let's say, next week I was in America, but five weeks from now I was going to Germany and, and Holland and, and France and other places, 
what I'm doing is I'm taking God's prosperity and I'm squandering it on things that are not necessary for my life, not necessary for the function of my ministry, which means that in my ego of operating and owning a private jet, I'm robbing myself of the assignment and the destiny that God has intended for me to do it, to do because I'm not paying for the prosperity that or I'm not praying for the airtime that I need to operate and perform the thing that God has assigned me to do. So if we don't discover our assignment If we don't discover our true purpose, you do not discover the level of prosperity God wishes for you to operate at. And again, I'm not just talking about finances. See, I can talk about going around the world because I've done it, but if I was to do it again, there is no way on God's green earth I would do it in such a way as I did that led to me having a heart attack, that led to me being seriously ill. If I was to go around the world again now, I would break the the world into four regions and I would travel to that region once a quarter. Or or I would let people know, I only come to this section or this quadrant, this region of the planet during this season. Why? Because the most important asset I have in my life, the most important thing I have is not my money, it's not my car, it's not my house, it's not my clothes, it's not my, my, my relationship. I nearly said wife then, but I'm not married. It's not any of those things. The single greatest asset that I have in my life at the moment and for the rest of my life is the time that I'm wasting. See, there are many things in this life that I can lose and remake. I can lose money, but I can always make more. I can lose relationships, but I can always make more. But I cannot make more time. So if I squander the prosperity that God chooses for me to have in my life in pursuit of something that was never intended for the time that he has given me, I am indeed squandering every element of the prosperity that being in Christ, being in God, in the kingdom, brings to my life. Now, here's where I'm going to upset a few people, because what I am seeing at the moment in the church, what I'm experiencing in the mom- uh, at the moment in the church, and, and what bothers me is we are cultivating a a mindset and an attitude that I see prevalent amongst what they call the millennial generation. Now, I don't include everybody in this, okay? Because I understand not everybody is exactly the same. So just because I speak in generalities does not mean that what I'm saying applies to every person watching or hearing this, whether you're live on the replay or listening on the podcast. But we are seeing in the millennial generation, and it's spilling into other generations now as we watch what's going on in this world, that there is an entitlement mentality that is developed in a generation where they genuinely believe that they are entitled to certain things. So let me explain this to you so there are no misunderstandings and misgivings about it. Not a single human on earth is entitled to the blessings God gives us. Not one.
Not a single human on this earth, living or dead, was entitled, is entitled, ever will be entitled to the blessings that God gives us. But being in Christ qualifies us to receive those blessings, to receive God's prosperity in Him. Because we are in Him, we are qualified. But make no, make no misunderstandings, make no, no misgivings about it. We are not entitled. If you ever hear me preach about Jacob and Esau at great length, you will hear me teach a story of the entitlement of the firstborn, so Christ is the one entitled, and the desire by the secondborn, Jacob, that's you and me, to receive what we were not entitled to. So Jacob, I'm going to get off track, so let me go, not, not go down that road, but Jacob does something to put himself in a position to receive the Father's blessing. We become qualified and move into position for the prosperity of the kingdom, for God's blessing on our life when we are in Christ. But the problem that I now see is not only can we very easily slip out of Christ-mindedness into egotistical desire, but because we have, or because there has been this development of the entitlement mentality towards the blessings of God, when you feel like you deserve something that God is going to give to you, See, there's a flipping great big Range Rover parked outside my house that I wanted, but nothing in God ever, ever entitled me to have it. I didn't deserve it. God was gracious to allow me to have what I want. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. I know the scriptures. Yesterday, I, I prepared a list of 370 scriptures just on finances alone. But hear me now when I say this. Never ever mistake God's mercy for his favor. Because 99.9% .9 of the church do you will have in your own life at some point mistaken God's mercy for his favor. When God gives you a sporadic blessing, it is out of mercy, not out of favor. Because favor is a perpetual thing. Psalm 30 verse 5, I've told you, in his favor, King James, is life amplified. His favor lasts a lifetime. Think of that. According to the Amplified, which they say is one of the most uh, direct translations from the original text into the English, in his favor is life. So when we live like we started this thing, when you have the wave pattern of blessing, blessing here, big lull, next blessing, you go from mercy to mercy. Yet the scripture says that God desires we move from grace to grace. See, if you understand the translation of the languages, the, he, the, the Aramaic, the Hebrew, and the Greek, grace and favor 
are almost interchangeable. Just like in the New Testament where apostelos, apostles, episcopos, bishops is an interchangeable word. Grace and favor. So every time you see the word grace, you can substitute it from favor. God desires that we move, that we grow from grace to grace, from favor to favor. Not favor, no, not mercy, dip, mercy. God's plan of prosperity, the kingdom model of prosperity, is not a little bit, nothing, a little bit more. It is to operate and function in every area of, of your life at the highest possible level that God has created you and assigned you to function at. And what we should be doing when we talk about being prosperous in the kingdom is not looking for the next Rolex or the next Rolls Royce and Bentley or the next million dollar house. It is looking to function in life, to operate in life at the highest level of excellence, at the highest level of prosperity that God has chosen for us in our life to operate at. So for that, you have to know two things. You have to know, one, who you are in him. Two, what he has created you to fulfill. You have to know the assignment that he's given for your life. Because if you don't know it, like I've said before, you will not know the level of prosperity. And again, you've got to get an understanding. When I talk about prosperity, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about every single area of your life physical, financial, spiritual, mental, emotional, all of it function at its highest level of performance, its highest level of excellence in him. When you discern and discover, let me not say discern because your assignment is not discerned, it's discovered. When you discover the assignment for your life, when you discover God's purpose, you will discover the level at which God needs you to, to prosper at in every single area of your life. Then you will stop living in a spiritual welfare mindset. You'll stop living from mercy to mercy and calling it his favor. You will start pursuing the, the ability to function from grace to grace, from favor from favor uh, to favor. Miss Cheryl asked me, how do you discover your purpose? Ask questions. The thing that, it, the thing that you hate the most is a key to what God has assigned for you to do. I learned that from my spiritual father. If you can't stand order, uh, can't stand disorder, that you love order, you, anything in it, then administration is a gift to you. I'm not talking about working in an office. I mean talking about making things running order. You might be a problem solver for somebody. You can go into their organization. You make things run in order the way it should be, the way that you see it, and you get rewarded for the problem you solve. See, I learned from my spiritual papa, there's only two kinds of people in this world, and I could not agree with more with this any more than I do. They're only two, you're only remembered, sorry, you're only remembered for two things in this life, the problems you solve or the ones you create. Most of us are not solving problems. When you solve a problem for God, you create a divine reward. Oh, let me say that again. When you, when you solve a problem for God, you create a divine reward. Let that sink in. Are you solving God's problems on the earth? Are you fulfilling your assignment by, by solving the problems God has chosen for you to solve? 
Now, you need to understand the, the, the quickest way to get into, into solving problems for God is to solve the problem closest to you. Joseph with the baker and the butler. The baker asked him, what does this mean? And Joseph told him the interpretation of the dream. The butler asked him, what does the dream mean? And Joseph told him. And in due season, when the time was right, when Joseph is sitting in prison in Egypt, the butler remembers the man who interprets his dream. Why? Because Pharaoh keeps having a dream that he does not understand. And in the Dewar translation, he tells Pharaoh, I know a man that can interpret dreams. Boom. How does Pharaoh reward Joseph? He makes him second in control of the whole of Egypt. He promotes him to what we would say nowadays, the prime minister of all Egypt. He makes him the second most powerful man in the entire country. Why? Because at 15, 16, 17 years of age, that is the level of prosperity. God showed Joseph, this is where I choose for you to operate. This is where I have assigned for you to operate in your life. So you may be watching and think about getting into politics. And I say this because I work in, in the political arena. But the level of prosperity that God's chosen for your life is not the prime minister. You don't need to be the prime minister. It may well be being a local M member of parliament. It may well be just being a local councillor. But you discover the level that you function at best. I know councillors in the United Kingdom. City councilmen, they call them in the U.S., I know councilmen that have no desire to reach higher than the office they hold because they believe they are there to make a difference for their local community. In the UK we call it a ward. That's a geographical area with a specific number of houses in it, specific number of people. What is the desire of God for your life? What is the desire of God for your life? What is the assignment he has created for you to fulfill? For you to, what's the problem he has chosen for you to solve? And in fulfilling it, are you receiving the divine reward system that's called kingdom prosperity? Let me qualify it with this. Deuteronomy 8.18, I will give thee the power to create wealth is what the direct translation says create wealth that i might establish my covenant through you there are two things in that passage you need to understand the one is create the other one is covenant there is a translation of that that says i will give thee the power to get wealth now i can go into my local supermarket i can and i can get anything off the shelves there but getting it doesn't mean to say I paid for it. In the UK, we call it shoplifting. You can steal something to get it. Which is why the Hebrew of Deuteronomy 8.18 is very specific. I will give thee the power to create wealth. Because anything you create, you are legally entitled to. Oh, let me say that again. Anything you create, you are legally entitled to. Why? It is your creation. And you are legally entitled to the benefits created by the thing you create. So God tells us, I will give thee the power to create wealth, not to get it. Because you can get wealth by stealing it. You can get wealth by, by, well, there's a massive thing in the worth at the moment, has been for several years. They say, fake it till you make it. 
but that's an awful lot of people doing an awful lot of things that they're giving the appearance of a particular lifestyle. But they could be mortgaged up to the hill. They could be up to their eyeballs in debt to maintain the perception of wealth, to maintain the perception of prosperity. I know people that are doing it. I remember when I did it. Remember, I always tell you, I'll talk out of my own experiences. I remember when I wanted people to think I prospered at a higher level than the level I was prospering at. But you don't need to prosper at that level. You don't need to fake it till you make it. Cassie, that is, I love that. I, I was coming to that next in my notes. You must have been a fly on this wall uh, today, like you said to me last week. She, uh, Miss Cassie says, and if you get wealth, you can lose it. But if you create it, you can carry on creating. That's what I was coming to. Why does God tell us, I will give you the power to create wealth? Because creation is a perpetual thing. You keep on creating. And you keep on creating. And the, the amassing of wealth enables you to create more. Why? Because each seed produces after its own kind. That's why we see in the earth, in society, the rich keep getting richer. Because the thing that you have is drawn to the thing you're creating. So if I am using, say for example, I prosper now and I've got £100,000, but I invest that £100,000 wisely instead of, of, um, of just blowing it on a car, which is what most people want to do. Get a hundred grand in the bank, they go out and buy a Porsche or a Bentley or something like that. What if you took 30,000 pounds of that and invested that in a newer vehicle, but not a brand new vehicle, and you took 70,000 of the 100,000 pounds that you've made, you pay your 10,000 pound tithe than any seed that you want to sow out of it, and then you take what's left and you begin to invest that. Why am I investing? I will give thee the power to create wealth. I'm using what I've created to create more. See, if I had 100,000 pounds income right now, what I would do is this. I would pay myself a decent salary, and I would pay an assistant a decent salary, and then enough to live, enough to live well, and then what I would do is take the rest and invest it in what I'm doing for you. Expand what we're doing for you, to be able to come to you more often in different ways, in different means. I would make the investment necessary to be able to be in front of you far more than I am, to be able to deliver far more than I do, not just through live streams, through content on YouTube, through emails, through, through social media posts, and then through having meetings and meetups so that we can get together in person. This is one of my goals when COVID-19 finally disappears and we come out of this, is we will start to hold these, these not meetings which we get to in hotels and churches and things like that. I'm just talking about meetups where you can come to a particular location for a couple of hours and just spend some time with me, where we can just sit, chill, have a cup of coffee. Why? Because I love being around you. I love being around people. 
But for me to be able to do that, I have to invest what God gives me to create more of what we get from the investment so that I have the ability to do that. See, most people treat the kingdom of God and the blessings of God like God's holy lottery. You know, you pay your tithes and sow your seed, and that's like going to the, 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 the store and getting your spiritual lottery ticket in the hope that I will hit big. And then I hear this wonderful phrase from most people in the church, Bishop, I'm just waiting on God. You lying skunk, you're waiting for God to do it for you. Tell the truth. 95% of the people I've ever engaged with that say I'm waiting on God actually mean I'm waiting for God to do it for me. Now, I was sitting in a hotel in London with my, my father in the faith, my spiritual father, my mentor, however you want to talk to him, and I said to him, do you know one of the principles I've learned from living on a farm, from being involved in farming, is this. I have never, ever in all of my life seen a barn that could fill itself. Not once. In fact, the farm that I lived on, we had the largest hand-built tithe barn, historical tithe barn, in the whole of Europe. So that shows you how big it was. But that barn never once filled itself because I had to work to prepare the ground, I had to work to sow my seed, and I had to work to bring in the harvest. See, when God says, I want you to be wealthy, I want you to prosper, there is a work you have to do to make it happen. It's not the supernatural lottery. It's not, you know, uh, I was going to say something I, I probably wouldn't have made sense then. Sowing a seed is not a supernatural lottery ticket. You don't put it in the, in the kingdom of God hoping that your number comes up and God goes, okay, give that person a million pounds. Give that person two million pounds. Give that person, they got the right number this week. Let them, let them have 10, 15 million pounds. God says, I'll give you the power. Go and create the wealth I need you to create. Why? And this is the point that we, we don't labor on enough. Because he says, I will give thee the power to create wealth. Brother Declan, I'm going to come to Malachi so we understand something about it. I will give thee the power to create wealth that I might establish my covenant through you. So God tells us in Deuteronomy and Matthew 5, 7, Jesus said, I've not come to do away with the law, but that the law is fulfilled in me. So Deuteronomy 8, 18 is still in force and still works in the new dispensation of grace that we live in, the thing that we call the New, Te new Testament, the New Covenant Church. I will give thee the power to create wealth, Deuteronomy 8, 18, that I might establish my covenant through you. So God establishes covenant through wealth nothing else, which means that we have to prosper in every single area of our life for the covenant that God has made with us to be in operation. When you're living mercy to mercy and going through the waveform dip in the middle, you're not living the covenant life. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You are not living in a kingdom covenant. You are living in a system of handouts spiritual welfare system if you get onto the welfare system in the united kingdom anybody that's been on it will tell you the way they work it out is let me just fix this the way they work it out is they calculate what is just enough for you to get by from week to week they keep you dependent week by week by week God does not want to keep you dependent on handouts. God wants you to raise yourself up to, to 
pick yourself up by your shirt tails, to shake yourself down, get in the kingdom, get in the kingdom mindset, become a wealth creator for the kingdom, and function at a completely different level that spiritual welfare is not the mindset that's prevalent in your life. Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always, so you won't help poor people. Margaret Thatcher said it in Parliament many years ago, way back in the mid-80s. You don't help poor people by being one of them. But God doesn't want anybody in the kingdom to be poor. But we have to understand God doesn't need every single person to be a multimillionaire, to be a billionaire, multi-billionaire. What God needs is for you to function at the highest level of prosperity that is sufficient for the level of life, the assignment that God has chosen for you to fulfill. God establishes his covenant through wealth. I can prove it. If you rewind the clock 170 years, aside from the Crusades in the Middle East, nobody knew anything about the Islamic world. Not a thing. Not only did we, have, did we not have mass media and mass communication, nobody really talked about it in detail because the rest of the world was pretty much Christian. We didn't understand about Hinduism. We didn't know that much about Buddhism, except when occasional visitor from those countries came to the country that you live in. Yet suddenly, in the mid-19th century, those beautiful Arabs, of which Jesus probably looked like one of them, because Jesus was not white with blonde hair, and Jesus was not black with dark hair, Jesus was a, a Jew, a Hebrew, so he had Arabic appearance. But in the mid-19th century, those wonderful Isla uh, 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 Arabic brothers and sisters that we have discovered this incredible substance called oil. And as society grew its dependency upon it, the value of what they discovered became more and more. And because of that, they began to amass great wealth. And in the amassing of great wealth, our Islamic brothers and sisters, and I say that to be polite because I don't condemn them for believing what they believe. There are an element of the Islamic faith that ruin it, their reputation for everybody. But the preponderance of Muslims that I know and have worked with are genuinely lovely people just because they don't share my faith does not disqualify them, guys, doesn't turn me against them. But these Muslims, these, these Arabs, let me put it that way, the Arabs began to amass great wealth through what they were creating, a, a demand for the supply of crude oil that they had. And when they began to amass this great wealth, because of their Islamic laws, the Sharia laws, they can't save it, so they began to spend it. And how did they spend it? They took Islam around the world. They built mosques, they built Islamic centers, you name it. And they established the covenant of Islam through the wealth they created. See, we keep talking about expanding the kingdom of God, but we want to do it on a dime. We want to do it for pennies. 
God wants us to prosper so that we can expand the covenant, take the covenant around the world. Take the covenant to your neighborhood. That's why God tells us, I will give thee the power to create wealth that I might establish my covenant through you. Why is Islam expanding as fast as it is, overtaking the church in growth? Because they are not living in this mentality of poverty is next to godliness. Let me tell you this, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, poverty is not next to godliness. Poverty is next to stupidity. Being poor is not a form of humility. Being poor is a form of stupidity. You may be born poor, and that is a bad start in life. But if you die poor, that's a choice that you make. You may be born poor, that's, that's out of your control. But if you die poor and you help nobody on the way, that's a choice that you made. And it's a choice that goes against the kingdom model of prosperity for every single area of your life. That's a choice that you made. Nothing else. It is a choice, a choice, a choice that you made, that you made, that you made. God didn't make that choice for you. Because all through Scripture, God gives us the blueprint to prosper in every single area of our life. I was speaking not so long ago, well, I say that, it was like a couple of years ago, I was speaking at a business conference. Not a Christian business conference, a business conference. And I taught them everything that I knew about prospering according to the Scriptures. Never quoted the Scripture once, but I taught them the principles. And afterwards, a gentleman comes up to me and says, You know, sir, Dr. Kai, I can't remember what he called me, that is some of the best teaching on business I've ever heard. He said, I was at my organization paid Tony Robbins to come and speak for us. We paid him $150,000 to be with us for a day, plus all of the expenses for him to come. That's a lot of money for one person to speak. He taught for four hours that day. He said, and in those four hours, and then the, the little extra bits that he did, he taught an awful lot. But I learned more in the 45 minutes you were speaking than I did in that whole day with the world's number one motivational speaker. So tell me, how are you so different? Where did you learn what you've learned compared to where he's learned what he's learned? And I opened up my bag and I took one of these out, the Word of God, my Bible, Lady G bought me this. It's definitely seen better days. It's, it's well used. The cover is falling apart. I've been trying to find someone to recover it for me for the last two days. And I handed him the Bible. And he said to me, what's that? I said, you asked me where I learned everything I've just taught you. It's all in that book. And this unbeliever could not get over what I had just taught, that these principles, these laws about prospering in every single area of my life and in every single of the, his life were written in the Bible. So I said to him, remember when I said this? And he said, yes. I said, open, open the Bible to this scripture. And when he read it, he read exactly what, I what I'd said. So to him, see, the Bible is a blueprint for life. 
And the Bible is a blueprint for you to prosper. There are over 2,000 scriptures in the Bible that are linked directly to finances. And we only think of prosperity in our lives as financial. But prosperity is, is every single area in your life. The fact that my heart has fully recovered from a heart attack that shows no sign of damage whatsoever, that's not just a miracle of healing, that's my body prospering. Get this mindset. Everything in my life must do well, must be well, for me to prosper, for my body to prosper, for every part of me to prosper. When I'm losing weight for my health, my body is prospering. My nervous system is prospering. When I am of a sound mind, when I'm not worrying, when I'm not stressed out with anxiety, when I'm not going through all manner of different things, excuse me, when my mind is at peace in God, my mind is prospering. So my body is prospering. So my life is prospering. That is what I mean when I say God has chosen for you to prosper. And the financial side of it is dependent upon the assignment God has chosen, created you to fulfill. Yes. Cassie, you're right. Swelling in my feet. I've had that on and off for two years since I started taking medication for the, the, the blood pressure problem that I have. But now, see, now I'm looking at natural means instead of taking medication. When I lost a lot of weight, my blood pressure began to go down on its own. Why? Why did that happen? Because my body, my life was prospering and being in health, even as my soul, what is my soul, my mind, the inner part of me, my consciousness was prospering. Everything in me was being transformed from who I was to, like we were talking about last Wednesday, everything I already was inside. Every part of me was prospering. God does not want you living from paycheck to paycheck. God does not want you living from handout to handout. God does not want you living mercy to mercy. God wants you to prosper in every aspect of your life. God doesn't want you to live from healing to healing. He wants you to live in divine health. God doesn't want you to live from blessing to blessing. He wants you to live in divine favor. God doesn't want you living from one portion of, of sound-mindedness to the next one. He wants you to live in the mind of Christ. He wants every single aspect, every single element of your life to prosper in Him, for Him, through Him. Every single one of us is chosen to prosper, but we need to understand we are not all chosen and created to prosper at the same level. So what is the level God has chosen you to prosper at? What is the assignment you have been created to fulfill? Have you discovered it? Are you living it? And are you receiving the benefits of doing it? See, when you're in that assignment and you're fulfilling that assignment and every area of your life is prospering, you are reaping divine rewards, divine benefits that come from solving a divine problem.
What's that problem? The thing that God created you to fulfill. Okay, let me, Miss Cassie, let me just, for those of you that don't know, if I'm looking past the camera, there's a massive screen behind me so I can see what you're all saying. Behind the camera, I mean. My mom uses garlic, ginger, and lime boiled together, and the blood pressure is normal. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to start doing that. Garlic, ginger, and lime. Just send me a, a text message or something, just to remind me, please. I'm going to do that, because I determined by December 31st this year, I will not be taking blood pressure medication anymore. So I'm doing my best to make sure it happens, and there's a reason for it. Not only will I not have to deal with the swelling that I used to deal with, and the headaches because of the high blood pressure, I won't be having any of the side effects of the medication that I'm taking. Because right now, if you saw my feet from the ankles down, well, I can tell you, because I've got nothing to hide. So I constantly look like I'm wearing orange socks because my skin from the ankles down has changed color to my feet. That's a side effect of the tablet I'm on. The hair on my legs is falling out. That's not such a bad thing, but that's a side effect of the tablet that I'm on. I occasionally get dizzy spells and very lightheaded. That's a side effect of the tablets that I'm on. I don't sleep properly most nights. That's a side effect of the tablets I'm on. So I'm permanently tired, which is also a side effect of the tablets I'm on. See, when, when the world puts you onto something that they say is to make you better, you have to understand there's an awful lot in it that is far worse for you than the thing you're dealing with right now. That's why the world's solution will never be a solution for me. That's why the, 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 the world's solution of prospering of doing well will never work for me. The answer has to be kingdom. The answer has to be in God. It has to be divine. It has to come through him in the Holy Spirit, no matter what it is. Health, wealth, mind, spirit, soul, body, whatever it is, my answer has to be in the kingdom. It has to be from the, the kingdom model. And it is the only model, the kingdom model, that I will choose to follow. I will not follow another. Why? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Here's his voice written in words. That's the voice of God speaking to 40-odd secretaries that would put it all down to give it to us. My sheep know my voice. And another they will not follow. I shouldn't have done that. I'm just taking another chunk out of the leather on the cover. Praise God. So that's what I want you to understand. If you missed it, you're just joining or just watching, please go back and watch the whole of this message and understand God wants you to live beyond your next blessing. I use that term the wrong way. God wants you to live at a higher level than living life mercy to mercy. That's like saying, I choose to live handout to handout. That's not God's model. The Good Samaritan would never have been in the scriptures, the Good Samaritan, if he didn't have money to help somebody else, if he didn't prosper. Somebody's saying, consult my doctor. I assume that's because of all the side effects. My doctor told me there's nothing I can do about it. I've been to my doctor multiple times. They've just told me. It's a side effect, the tablet. And when they gave me these tablets, do you know what they told me?
you better accept the fact you're going to be on these for the rest of your life. Nobody to this day, nobody has told me how my blood pressure went from normal to almost killing me with a stroke inside of a week. Not one person, not even the cardiologist I've seen three times could ever explain why it went from this, from there to there in a week. Not one. Nobody could answer me why this thing that was functioning normal almost killed me in seven days. Somebody right now needs to understand there is something you're doing in your life that is not born in them and it has taken you from living at one level to almost destroying you in such a short space of time. You know, I travel around the world and I share the message of sowing and reaping. And I always find a way to get somebody to, to ask them a question. And the question I ask is this, have you ever eaten an apple seed? And most people say, oh yeah. And then I go, no, I don't mean swallowed an apple seed in an apple. I mean taken the seed out of the apple and bitten into the seed. Because I've done it. I've done it. And the one thing I'll tell you is this. I pray that you'll do it tonight after the broadcast. Take an, go, get a, cut an apple open, take a seed out and bite into it. And it is so bitter, it is so wretched when you do it, it will almost make you throw up. And there's a reason for it. The reason is inside an apple seed, inside a peach seed, inside a pear seed, in fact, inside of most seeds that are in the fruit that we consume, there are small amounts of cyanide, the poison, cyanide. Do you know why it's there? Because God put it there in creation so that mankind will learn. When you keep eating the thing I created to multiply, it will eventually kill you. See, one apple seed won't kill you. One peach stone won't kill you. One pear seed won't kill you. But when you eat enough of it, the thing that you are eating, which God created to multiply, is going to be the thing that will kill you. So you may be looking to God and asking, why am I not prospering? Because you keep eating the thing God gave you to multiply in your life. I don't ask people under the divine unction of the Holy Spirit to sow into this ministry, to sow into other ministries, because we need the money. I ask you to sow because when the Holy Spirit prompts me, he's not thinking about the seed, he's thinking about the harvest he has in mind for you. When I asked you to sow into our media project, you blew me away by how you responded but you responded because the Holy Spirit stirred you to do it. You could have kept the thing that you sowed into this and the thing that you kept, once again, be eating the, 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 the thing that God has given to you to multiply. There is a blessing attached to what you sowed into the media project. For me now, buying the extra equipment, I priced it up today, I, th I worked it out. It's what, uh, I think it's, it's just over 600 pounds for the permanent solution to the problem that we've had for how many weeks? 
But when the time comes and people sow into that, there is a blessing from God attached to it. Why? Because like I've been teaching you for the last hour, you are solving a problem God has created you to solve. And there is a divine blessing, a divine reward attached to it. We don't look at sowing our substance into the kingdom as uh, as solving a divine problem. In fact, most of us, and I've been there, so I talk from my own experience, most of us get upset when the preacher or the ministry does things with the money that we put into it that we don't like. Well, you need to understand something. The moment I sow it, it's not my money. I don't have the right to determine where it goes unless I'm sowing for a very specific purpose and it is not used for the purpose it was asked for. See, if I need £6,000 for a media project, I don't tell you we need 10000 so I got 4000 left over. I tell you, you will have noticed through the entire the, the time that we were raising money to make these things work, just like that, just like this one there. The moment we, I told you exactly what we needed at every stage, and when we'd finished raising what we needed, I stopped. Why? The problem was solved. When you quit this earth, when you make your eternal transition, you do so. People ask me, when am I going to die? When you have finished solving the problem God created you to solve. If you are still on this earth and you are still breathing, you've not finished solving the problem. So there is still a divine reward system operating in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's still a divine reward system operating in your life. But look, we got it. See? Right there. I found a way, temporary way, to make it work. Now we just need a permanent solution. Praise God. Praise God. I've all, what did Miss Cassie say? I've always said that. Once you release it, it isn't yours. You release it to God, not to man. I was in a church once. I'll tell you this. I took the offering in a metal bin and I burnt it in front of the people. What they didn't know is when they took the offering out of the building before I asked them to, to bring it back is I got them to swap the bins. So what I burnt was just paper. But I did it for a reason. I did it to watch every single person's reaction to me burning that money. What they thought was money. It was nothing more than paper. And you should have seen what I saw. What I saw was abject horror on the faces of most people. Why? They still believed it was their money in that bin. That bucket. Whatever you want to call it. See, we talk about this. Let me say this on the tithe. We tell, well, I'm I'm giving my 10% back to God. God gave it to you. It was going to be yours in the first place. God is letting you keep 90% of what he's giving to you through your work, through your income. All he asks is the 10%. That's Old Testament. Jesus said, give everything. I'm not giving back to God. I'm giving God what's his and keeping what he allows me to keep. This is why, uh, um, Brother Declan, I said I'd come back to Malachi. Let me tell you this. Any preacher that tells you Malachi 3 is God's law concerning the tithe is telling you a porky pie. Because God's law concerning the tithe is not found in Malachi 3. 
Go read Malachi 3, verse 1. In fact, let me read it to you, seeing as i got my Bible here. Let me open the good book and read you what Malachi 3, which is one of the largest passages of, of Scripture, highlighted in my Bible. Let me read you what Malachi 3 says this. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. That is John the Baptist. Malachi 3 identifies John the Baptist hundreds of years before John the Baptist and Jesus the Christ are born. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Right? And it says, And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come. That's this generation. That's us right now, because the first time he came, there was no suddenly at all. Coming through the womb of a virgin, being born, nurtured in a womb for nine months, being born into existence, growing up for 30 years before you enter ministry, as we now call it, that is not suddenly coming. So Malachi 3 is not God's law concerning the tithe. It's a financial uh, prophecy to us in the last generation before the coming of the Lord. Any preacher that tells you Malachi 3 is God's law concerning the tithe is telling you a porcupine. It's not a law, it's a prophecy. God is giving you a financial prophecy, a financial picture of your future if you will adhere to what he teaches you concerning your finances. Go through the scripture and God gives you a prophecy, a picture of your future, if you adhere to what he teaches you concerning your life so that you prosper in every area of your life. He gives us pictures of our future. He did it with Elijah and Elisha, with two widows. The, the, the man of God, the prophet of God, like the scripture says, you, believe in the Lord, you'll be established. 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Believe in a prophet, you'll prosper. Prosper to do well in every area of your life. He gave two widows a picture of their future. Their choice was to respond to the picture. And when they responded, they unlocked the prosperity of God in every area of their life. Or they could have not listened and stayed broke. Both of them in debt. Both of them struggling. The prophet comes, gives both of them a picture of their future. And because they responded to the picture and respond to the words the prophet of God speaks, they prosper. In fact, Elisha tells the second, go lock yourself and your sons behind closed doors. But this is, see, I got this real strange thing. The reason the scripture tells most of us that neither a lender nor a borrower be, you know, don't borrow money, is because most of us do not understand how to leverage debt. Oh, now I lost most of you. Most of us do not understand how to leverage debt to make a profit. But Elisha tells a widow, go take your, go borrow every pot that you can. There's another debt. She's in debt. Now you're telling me to get into more debt. Borrow the pots. Doesn't say go buy them. It says go borrow them. Lock yourself and your sons behind closed doors and keep pouring of the oil that you've got until you've filled every pot. And once you've filled every pot that you can borrow, sell the oil and live the rest, pay off your debt, the scripture says, this is my paraphrase version, and live the rest of your life, the King James says, off the increase. So, so Elisha the prophet is showing us, here's how you leverage debt. Borrow and I will show you how to make money. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Somebody just got upset with me. 
God will show you. If you're in debt, God will show you how to leverage your debt you out of it. Stop believing for supernatural debt reduction. Believe God to help you create wealth to pay off your debts. Why should somebody else be out of pocket, go without what you owe them because of your greed and your stupidity? Because of your unwillingness to wait to have the thing that you've, lever- that you've borrowed money to get. Why should they go without being repaid? Why should God supernaturally wipe a debt for you? Why don't you trust God to give you the ability to create the wealth needed to pay off the debt that you owe? Now I got you. Now you're upset with me. I'm sick of people asking me to pray for supernatural debt reduction. I won't even do it anymore because I don't believe it's biblical. Supernatural debt reduction is God giving you the power to create wealth, pure and simple. Pay your debts because that's what he told the widows through the prophets. Go, do this, pay the debt. What does he tell the first, what did Elijah tell the first widow? If you Make me, I always say two pancakes. If you make me a couple of pancakes, you and your son will eat for the rest of your lives. You will not have to eat this final meal and die. Tells the second widow through Elisha, go do all of this, sell everything, which meant she also either had to return the pots or pay for them. I have every idea, I have every belief she paid off the the pots because she lived the rest of their life off their inkies. Let me tell you this, if that was Dewar, And that was the instruction to me. The very last verse of Malachi in the Old Testament would have said, and Dewar was still borrowing pots, still pouring oil. I'd have found a way. If we ran out of pots in this town, I'd have gone to the next town and the next town. I'd have kept going till I I just... The only way we would have run out of pots is if there were no more pots left in the earth. Why? Because when you see God working in your life and God uses a prophet of God to give you a financial picture of your future, respond. Don't ignore the word God speaks to you because prosperity is not just financial. It is every single area of your life. And remember, Malachi is a financial prophecy, a picture of your future when you respond financially to what God says concerning the tithe. I do not want to end my days knowing I've robbed God by stealing the tithes and the offerings. So I pray to God that's blessed you. I pray to God you will get a mindset to be a wealth creator. And remember, the wealth that you create never leaves your life. I don't give money away. I don't just sow money, I circulate it because whatever I circulate has to make its way back to me. Oh, there's a truth to smash you in the face as we close out. I'm not a wealth giver. I'm a wealth creator and I'm a wealth circulator because whatever I circulate eventually makes its way back to me. And when it's back to me, I circulate it again and I keep circulating and I keep circulating and I keep circulating because the more I do, like ripples on a pond, when you drop a stone in, those circles just keep going out and keep going out and keep going out. But you know what? If, if you drop a pebble in a pond with enough force, in the most central point, depending on the size of the, 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 the pebble, uh, the, the pebble and the size of the pond, when the ripple hits 
the outer uh, boundaries, the outer walls of the pond, if there is enough force in it, it hits those walls and begins to bounce back to the point of, of origin. So a ripple can make its way across a pond and start making its way back. That's why I tell you, I don't give money away, I circulate it. I don't give wealth away, I circulate it. When I'm a blessing to somebody else, I'm circulating the blessing because something in that blessing is making its way back to me. Help me, Holy Ghost. So I pray that's been a blessing to you. I pray you learn something. I pray you'll watch this again. And I pray you'll keep telling your friends, you need to speak to, you need to, to watch Bishop Dewar. Bishop Dewar saying things other men and women of God won't say. Why? The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Not you will know a relevant truth, which is relevant to whoever that's saying it or whoever that wants to believe it, because the Bible is true truth. It's true whether you believe it or not. God's word is true truth. It's true absolutely. There's not one element of it that is not. It's not relevant to your situation or your circumstances or how you're feeling. It's true irrespective of who you are, what you're going through, where you are, how you are. And that is the truth you will know. That is the truth that will set you free. So I will deliver you true truth, not just my persuasions. And you'll know when it's my persuasions because I tell you, this is what I believe. But I will give you true truth for that truth to set you free. Because then when you believe a prophet, you'll prosper. Not just financially, but in every single area of your life. Hallelujah. God's plan is for us to live at the highest level of excellence, at the highest level that he has created for our life. But you have to discover it by discovering your assignment, plain and simple. Until you know what God has created you to do on this earth, you will not know the level of prosperity God desires for you to live at. Hallelujah. Well, I wasn't going to do this, uh, but I feel a stirring in my spirit. I need to create this permanent solution as quickly as we can. You may feel I, the, the, the permanent solution is I've got to add some more lights to make it work properly because that was one of the problems. The lighting's not sufficient. And I've got to add an, an extra device to um, the cameras so that I've only got one feed going into the computer instead of multiple. That's, I've, I've had everything tested. They've told me that's the problem. I've got too many things going into one computer. So the, 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 the total for it is, let's say 650, it's about that. Now you may feel led to sew into that. The details are right there on the screen. Give by a PayPal or Cash App or go to my website. Where's my website? CDTV.me. Whatever it is. If the Lord stirred you to sow and you want to be a blessing, you want to sow into it. And I promise you, every penny raised goes to that project. The moment we, we hit that project, you'll know, because I'll tell you, we've hit the project. Don't need to give any more unless God stirs you to be a blessing to this ministry. But hallelujah. So you may want to, you may want to sow into it, and I believe God will stir those that do. And don't feel like I need you to. Don't feel like you, you need to be a part of that. That's not what I'm asking. If the Holy Spirit tells you to be a part of it, that's a blessing to me, and it's creating a, a, a divine reward, a blessing in your life, a harvest that you need. Praise God. Until then, I pray that you have a blessed and prosperous day. 
uh, evening, wherever you're watching from, whenever you're watching. Have a wonderful day tomorrow. I will be back live Wednesday night, our usual time, 10 p.m. in the UK. I know it's late for some, but it's a good time for us to catch everybody around the world. And uh, until then, stay blessed, stay safe. Remember, your kingdom, nothing else. God has a plan. God has a purpose. You need to discover it and live your life at the highest level that you have been created for. I'll see you all Wednesday night. Until then, have a great one. Bye for now.